must not go back to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry. That help will always be given at Hogwarts to those who ask for it. It is not our abilities that show what we truly are. It is our choices. Hey everyone, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Right, welcome to Hogwarts, a podcast. Molly has returned. Hello. And we are talking Chapter 6, Gilderoy Lockhart. Oh, Lockhart. Uh, Molly, I know for a fact that you swoon every time he is mm. mentioned or says a word in the books. Oh, I do. I do. All hard. I'm, I'm sure Anna and Elizabeth also do the same. They're just swooning every time. Yeah, I, I just hang on every word. Um, yep, I'm sure. Every, but in all seriousness, because I know the other ladies are going to jump on me for that, probably. <laughs> it's fine. Uh, but in all seriousness, it seems like every female character in this chapter swoons for him like immediately they do molly weasley fell hard i know uh yeah and hermione is not better no no (laughs) little hearts all around yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) we've been making fun of Ginny for writing um her crush on on harry but um yeah no it's it's an interesting i mean maybe as a female, you can give me the female opinion of why. <laughs> like, why is Gilderoy Lockhart such a thing? And I, I get that he's written all of these great books mm-hmm. about, you know, everything from home improvement to, you know, fantastical stories of heroism. Right. And he's got, you know, the most charming smile award five years in a row. Mm. That's a smile that does it. I, I don't know. Maybe. Maybe it's like the side-swept hair. I don't know. I don't know. He seems like the, like, boy band of... Except he's not in a boy band, but, like... He he would be. I could see him being in a boy band. Yeah, like, he has that vibe to him. That I feel like I'll go... You tell him he'll get publicity for it. He'll be there in a heartbeat. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Um, Yes. So, we start this chapter out. With a hundred or so owls swooping into the Great Hall, mm-hmm. which must be a crazy sight to see. Yeah. Like, that's got to be an experience in the morning. Yeah. And I get you get dulled to that after a while, I'm sure. Yeah. But the first couple of times, it's got to be surreal. Oh, it's got to be so cool. And poor Errol. Oh, Errol. When, when Ron is all upset and worried... And Hermione pokes it and says, no, don't worry, it's still alive. <laughs> that is... I know. That's, that's insane. I, I don't know. I love little Errol. Little old Errol. I want to... Retire adopt- that owl. Oh my goodness. Just let it live its life. I want to adopt him. Let it hunt gnomes in the backyard at the burrow or something. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, he probably couldn't even do that. Um, no. so we get the howler. Mm-hmm. I would be terrified. Uh, yeah. Especially, like, you couldn't have sent me this last night. You couldn't have sent me this earlier, like, before we're in the Great Hall with everything. Like, you had to just mm-hmm. send it in with a daily post because just to get one is bad enough. But to get one in front of the entire school. Yeah. And everybody seems to know what it is. Right. So I, I would then presume that this isn't the only time a howler is ever sent no. at the Great Hall breakfast. <laughs> like, yeah. you get a howler about grades or about whatever. Right. Uh, I, I would assume Fred and George have had, like, at least 15 a semester. Oh, at least. Or 20 least. or 30 or whatever. I'm, yeah. I'm, but, you know. At least. Uh, they probably have them as badges of honor, and Ron is mortified. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know though because they were pretty terrified of uh, Mrs. Weasley when she was getting on them about using the car the first time. It's true, but she was there in person. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so them just getting a howler and feeling like, "Hey guys, got another one." Right. I've been successful. That's true. And also blew up that toilet seat. 
when we were talking in the last episode, like the disappointment. Now this is the anger. <laughs> That's yes. <laughs> this is very much the anger uh, to Dumbledore. <laughs> so would Dumbledore give you a howler and just be like, "Guys, um, I'm just very, very disappointed in what you've done." Right. Like, would that be the howler? Just a very like monotone, muted, just him speaking of disappointment. I think so. I think so. Or does the howler just magically bump it up a couple of notches? It's like, it was a five, but nope, it's not good enough for me. I'm The howler itself is bumping it up to like a 12. Oh, I picture it being a 12 for sure. And it just knows yeah. the parts to really amplify the volume. Oh, yeah. When Molly can really hit those high notes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, but I love how uh, she wrote it with just the all bold caps. Oh, yeah. Like you flip the page over and it's just bold <laughs> caps, like right at the top of the page. Like, well, right. <laughs> Like just that gives me a shockwave right. that the howler probably gives. It was, it's very good writing. An excellent use of the bold caps. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Um, so anyway, we get into um, Harry going to classes. And the first one is a double herbology class. And if um, you don't know what double herbology might mean... Check out the post that we had on Twitter a little while ago and Elizabeth made, this is like the 15,000th time that I'm advertising this, but she made a school schedule for McGonagall and that has double transfiguration on it. So it's cool. It just basically means two class periods worth of herbology. But um, (laughs) you have Lockhart following Sprout up from the Whomping Willow (laughs) to class. I would say harassing her. Oh, yeah. I would say definitely harassing her. Even though he's meant, he's meaning to be, is this like the definition of like mansplaining? It might be. I mean, she's literally the herbology teacher. She's the professional here. And he's telling her how to properly care for a whomping willow. Like, I feel like that's the definition of. I think, I don't know if it's mansplaining because he seems to do it to everybody. That's fair. That's a fair point. Um, I would say it's more like a Just a special low... Lockhart explaining. <laughs> yeah, like a low-key, like, assert his, like, knowledge. Like, try to, I don't know. He's yeah. probably in his downtime in the teacher's lounge yeah. explaining to Dumbledore how to write magical law. Right. <laughs> or something like that. I'm just like, right. here's the here's how you should write this law of what we need or whatever. He's just trying to flex, as they say. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I will accept that. Um, but I do love how... So in the last chapter, we obviously talked about the Whomping Willow because that was the chapter title. Um, but I love how in the last chapter, what we didn't talk about was when <laughs> it's... Trying to beat up Ron and Harry and trying to beat up the car, and they all get out of reach of the Whomping Willow. They, she puts the picture in your head of the Whomping Willow, like brandishing its branches at them <laughs> threateningly. <laughs> like, come back here, I'm gonna hit you again. And it's like, I feel like it's a 1940s boxer, just like ready to like punch. Yes. Um, which is just a great image in my head. Mm-hmm. I love that image. Uh, but now we find out that Professor Sprout has been putting its branches in slings from the crash. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And A, that's also a wonderful image to have yes. in my head. I'm just like <laughs> a branch in a sling. But also, um, Professor Sprout, like, do not test her toughness because oh, no. now it seems as though she did this well the... Whomping Willow was full-on angry still. Mm-hmm. Um, whether she did some charm to, like, immobilize it or whatever, because, mm-hmm. you know, magic is right. a thing. Right, um, Or not. You, you think that would be the wise thing, but maybe immobilizing it, you can't get the position of the sling right, <laughs> or you can't, you, maybe you can't do it for some reason. Right. I don't know. I'm not going to about to mansplain Professor Sprout on how to sling uh, Whomping no. Willow. Uh, I'm not going to incur that wrath upon me, so um, I will, I will defer to her on that. <laughs> um, but I don't, that whole scene as they were just walking up is just, uh, is just funny to me. I, yeah. I just like that idea. I, obviously we just said 
kind of disrespecting Professor Sprout pretty aggressively. Um, yeah. Putting her in a foul mood to start the day. Right. Um, I like how... So he comes up on them with Draco teasing Harry about the photograph mm-hmm. and uh, getting his picture taken, signing autographs, and Lockhart's like, I'm sorry, someone's getting pictures taken and signing autographs? Is Excuse that me? is that not me? <laughs> Shouldn't I be doing that right now? Uh, so he goes over to Harry and starts mentoring him <laughs> on how to be, like, a diva, <laughs> more or less. Right. And he com- now this is the most egregious thing I think he's done so far early on, mm-hmm. uh, which, granted, is a limited sample size, but still. Um, he says in so many words that the most charming smile award five years in a row is more important than defeating the Dark Lord. Yeah. Because he's like, I yeah, I know, but, you know, the lightning scar is one thing, but it's not the most charming smile award. Right. I'm like, are you really, like, equating yeah. one over the other right now? Yeah. What? Right. <laughs> like, how does that make any sense? Yeah. Um, so that one jumped out at me of just like, what are you, what are, what are you doing? Yeah. You are so delusional. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, whatever. Um, that was one of the first impressions I got from Lockhart. Yeah. In this chapter, at least. Um, and then he kind of, we'll, we'll go to his class and we'll double back on Sprout, but, um, his class, um, (laughs) he starts off the class with a quiz of himself. Oh my god. And it's like th- let's say it was like three pages long. I think so. And and what pages? I'm assuming like these are whole on scrolls because they do things differently there. It's not right. like a notebook paper. It's like right. a whole uh, scroll. Right. Um but it's things like favorite color, greatest ambition, ideal birthday gift, right. things like that. Um, and <laughs> these will show up on trivia. If you go to Harry Potter trivias in bars or you watch the Hogwarts Tournament of Houses, uh, that was all Harry Potter trivia, these questions will show up. And so, favorite color, lilac. <laughs> yeah. uh, greatest ambition, rid all evil, and start a line of hair care products. Yes, yes. That is the ambition. My secret ambition is to rid the world of evil and market my own range of hair care products. Yeah, okay, I did write potions. it correctly. Potions. Oh, oh, well, I'm going to say products. Yes. Yes, hair care products because, once again, he's mm-hmm. combining real world problems with vanity. Yes. <laughs> Which, <laughs> sure, right. okay. I'm going to pull out a millennial thing again. All right. Ten things I hate about you. Okay. <laughs> Reminds Love me that. so much of, um, now I can't even think of his name. Oh, the jock that yeah. uh, pays him yes. to date. Yeah, to date Cat. Yeah. 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 Yes. That is him in a nutshell. That, <laughs> that's actually a phenomenal comparison. I like that a lot, actually. Um <laughs> Uh, let's see. His uh, ideal birthday gift is harmony between magical and muggle, mm. or Ogden's old fire whiskey. Ooh, Ogden's old fire whiskey. We've got branded fire whiskey now in the yeah. the Potterverse. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it's just a fantastic little quiz. Which <laughs> uh, the next thing I have on my notes here is quote Hermione be crushing. Oh yeah, uh, she's crushing hard, and she. I assume she aced the whole thing. I, that's the impression that I got, was yeah. she aced it. Not just got a lot right. Because most of the class didn't get hardly any, if any, right? Um, but her, Hermione did. Yep. Very studious. Uh, she did. Yeah. So, um, I, so I guess your first look at Lockhart, What what's your thoughts on this chapter to look at Lockhart? Oh, God. I mean... As you can hear in my voice, I'm a huge fan of Lockhart. No, not really. He drives me a banana sandwich. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He's just like that. Okay. I don't know how he was in Ravenclaw to begin with. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I understand that, like, yeah, like, he was smart, but he was... 
I'm spoiling. Um, we could elaborate on it in the spoilers. Yes. But like, I get where your sentiment is. Yeah. Like, I would almost argue he should have been, like, in Slytherin. Intr- I can't wait to talk about the spoilers. But yeah, it's an interesting... That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. Um. So, yeah. He... Just... Everything about him drives me insane. Um, fact that, like, he just goes, just, like, totally, like, I know everything, look at me, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you may have defeated the Dark Lord, but, um, look at my hair and my smile, so... I think he would be, like, if you had to rank houses for him, uh, I would have Ravenclaw and Slytherin up high. Mm -hmm. The highest, by far. Like, we're talking, like, 90 percentile of those those two. (laughs) Uh, I think Gryffindor would be his third house. And I think he is the polar opposite of everything that Hufflepuff resembles oh 100% like he is the polar anti-Hufflepuff yes. like just as far away as you could possibly be yes um but uh yeah. I'm hey I'm sure Justin Finch Fletchley who we meet in this chapter is <laughs> out there just <laughs> strutting down the halls being like look at me right <laughs> <laughs> um, no he was not um but yeah we we should get Back to Lockhart in the spoilers, because yeah. he's a fun one to talk about. But, he is. Uh, so, like I just said, we meet Justin Finch Fleshley and Colin Creevy. Yes. In this chapter. And uh, Colin Creevy uh, just wants to get a picture with mm-hmm. Harry and, you mm-hmm. know, um, kind of explains that he comes from uh, a family that's not as well versed in the muggle world or in the magical world. Right. And he found it, and I found this thrilling, because I have never thought of this before. Yeah. Even though I, check out my Instagram, at Daniel underscore Allen 44. I love photography myself. Yeah. And he says the way they get the pictures to move is they develop the film. So it's just regular film. Mm -hmm. It's a regular camera. But they just use a special potion Mm -hmm. to make them move. And, uh, like, they develop them in a special potion. Mm-hmm. That's freaking cool to that me. That is really cool. I love that. And yeah. I love that idea. And yeah. what an invention that was. Right. Oh, that's right. so cool. I wonder Snape's take on that, though. Like, do you think he's like, oh, what a useless potion? I, I really don't know. That'd be really cool. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm just, fa- I'm just a nerd. I'm fascinated by it. It's uh, pretty cool. It's a nerdy thing to be fascinated by, but... No. Uh, and I, it's just something that, for whatever reason, I never even thought of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I don't know. It popped out to me this time, and I'll never forget it. So, yeah, I'd love to know the potion name. I'd like to get nerdy with it and get, like, all... Like, <laughs> <laughs> we get the ingredients to uh, other potions. Like, why yeah. can't we get the ingredients to this potion? Yeah. Anyway. Ooh, do you have a picture in particular that you'd want to... Mm. Uh... Oh, sure. Yeah. I, there'd be... Honestly, I think any picture with family or friends yeah. would be really cool just to animate. Yeah. Um, there's also pictures that we could stop the animation and just like a waving. <laughs> yeah. We don't need to get into the whole scene of like those stepping <laughs> around there. But no, like it'd, it'd be cool. Like yeah. uh, even like sporting events, if you take a picture at like a baseball game, Ooh. Do, the, do the players move? Right. Like do they like, right. and how much do they move? Right. Right. Or and now is that the same kind of thing with portraits? Do they paint them like the chocolate frog cards, for example? Yeah. That's a good point. Because remember, Harry was like, wait, where did Dumbledore go? Oh, you can't expect him to stay around forever. Right. Do they paint them in a special paint? I would have to, I would I would imagine it would be a special paint, like a potion paint. Like that just, yeah. now I have a whole bunch of questions. Right. <laughs> so. Well, okay, and then if you paint it, Right? Does the paint stay where it's at until it's finished, or will it move? So you like, <laughs> like, so you start to draw Dumbledore's like face, yeah, and you all you have is like part of the beard. Does a beard then leave? Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> exactly. Interesting. <laughs> like you'd have to be a super talented artist. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to deal with, like... So, does that, so yeah, I guess, so... Would you just map out, like, this is where the beard's supposed to be when he's in the picture. Right. And now I have to draw, like... Around it? Yeah. <laughs> and all of a sudden the face disappears and you're like, no! <laughs> well, now I have to wait until he comes back. That's right? great. Uh, and these are the questions. We got sidetracked at our last episode. We're getting sidetracked again. But it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so it'd be concrete. We meet Justin Fitch Fletchley, who also says he was ticketed for Eaton. Uh, mm-hmm. Before he finds out that he's accepted into Hogwarts, um, he's a talker. He is. He was chatty. He was. So um, you know, we got to learn a little bit about uh, JFF. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, we'll see what happens with him. <laughs> That's amazing. You're, you're just gonna go with JFF from now on, right? I am. Okay, for sure. Uh, should just nickname all of these characters. We can call Colin Creevy CC. Ooh. <laughs> well, I'm out now, like, ever since Anna said it, like, I'm always calling him Voldy. That's not going away. Yeah, you're welcome for that. Yeah. You're welcome. Yep. <laughs> um, the other big thing from this chapter is mandrakes. So that was their lesson in herbology, because there was actual learning to do amongst everything else. <laughs> um, so Professor Sprout shows them all how to repot a mandrake. Mm-hmm. And these are mandrakes in their infancy stages. Mm-hmm. Um, so their cries, when they're full grown, can be fatal. But here, they're just like a momentary knockout paralysis thing. Right? Something like that. Mm-hmm. Here's my thing on mandrakes. <laughs> and I've had this thing now for the first couple of chapters of this book. <laughs> They're cries, and they look like infants in some ways. Potato infants. Yeah. I mean, they're not obviously <laughs> humans, right. but they're humanoid, kind of. Yeah. They have a face. They have a mouth. Yeah. They make sound. Mm-hmm. Uh, they clearly fight back, because when Sprout did it, she was an expert at it. Right. It made it look easy, and then when all the students try, it goes very wrong. <laughs> right. Because uh, they fight back. So, here's my thing. (laughs) I feel like we're having a running theme on (laughs) creatures that could be sentient, but are not necessarily considered equal Mm. or free. Yeah. So you have Dobby, who's enslaved to a family, Mm -hmm. even though he's powerful and can communicate and... Again, looks weird, but is humanoid. Has hands, legs, eyes, mouth. Yeah. Whatever. And then you have gnomes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which Molly has uh, communicated her love of gnome tossing as a sport. Um, I just want them. I'd probably be like Mr. Weasley and I'd be like, they're just funny. Let's keep them around. (laughs) But they're also humanoid things that can talk and talk back to you and they're not like magically enchanted to do so this is how they are naturally Mm -hmm. so they're conscious beings yeah that can interact with you Mm -hmm. it's not like a mouse that can't communicate with you Mm -hmm. or like you know some other pet or whatever it's no it's can comprehend complex thought (laughs) is basically what i'm saying Right, right. So it's like, and can communicate that thought. Mm-hmm. Now you have mandrakes that are infants, so, but they can seem to be aware of their surroundings, mm-hmm. they can move, mm-hmm. they can communicate, at least via crying at this point. What are we talking about here is like, I don't know, I guess I'm trying to just wrap my head around wizards and their role in the whole thing yeah and it's like are you purposefully this i guess sorry this is getting deep i guess really quick no 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 but it's like are you diminishing creatures that have a potential to be more right and you're afraid of that challenge Mm -hmm. or you're afraid of that equality so you're purposefully keeping them pigeonholed down yeah 
Yeah, no, it's definitely an interesting thought. Um, and where do you draw that line? Because, right. like, goblins are working in the Green Gods. They have, like, real jobs. Right. They're, I guess, more respected because of that? Mm-hmm. But house elves are obviously enslaved creatures. Right. And then, I, you know, gnomes and mandrakes, and mm-hmm. we can get into even more if we go into the spoilers of it all. Oh, yeah. But... It's just something that's really hitting me in this book of just, like, what are wizards' role in keeping some of these things down? Right. And shouldn't they have some sort of, like, representation? Which, as I say those words, I'm now picturing a gnome walking into the Ministry of Magic. (laughs) (laughs) Which is hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) So... Like a little briefcase, <laughs> a little top hat. Well, now I just want to really hold on to that thought for, for a little bit. <laughs> I don't want to let that one go as easily. But uh, no, it's no. You get my point. No, on a serious note, yes. You know, it's um. To see him like fighting in some like chamber for like right. gnomes' rights, right? Exactly. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but no, I mean, um, I don't think I'm like way off base here from no. being like time out. Wait a second here. No. It's a little weird, right? No. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, just with house elves, like, if they're as powerful as they seem to be, you know, like... Seems like wizards would want to keep that power in check. Oh, yeah. 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 So, there's... I guess what my point is, is even though this is... kept calling the first book kind of a more children's geared book. Right. And... This one is too, for the most part. But the, even though being said, there's underlying tones of like, hey, wait a minute, this is kind of dark. Right. <laughs> like, if you really like look further into this, right. it makes you just kind of Dean Thomas tilt your head and go like, huh? Right. And that's an inside joke for <laughs> my friends. But anyway, it, it just makes you like tilt your head and go, huh? That's a little. That's a little funny. Exactly. It's a little weird. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, that's my rant on Mandrix. You're welcome for that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> let's take a break from all of that, and then we'll come back and we'll dive into some of those Lockhart spoilers that we were wanting to talk about. Amazing! This is just like magic! Alright, so we are back from, appropriately enough, uh, Lockhart <laughs> break <laughs> noise uh, that we've integrated in this uh, this podcast this, for this book. Um, we had some Lockhart stuff that we wanted to kind of elaborate on in the in the non-spoilers. So um, I think you were questioning why he's a Ravenclaw. I was. I was. So um, I, the thing is, he's he's obviously a charlatan in a lot of different ways. <laughs> <laughs> and a con man, if you will, of sorts and, and whatever. But I think his talent, lie, his talent does lie in his one specific spell that he can do mm-hmm. really really well like expertly well yeah memory charm yeah the yeah. whole obliviate um so uh that's kind of he he is talented yeah he's just and he's one of those like just because a con man is not a good man and a con man's a horrible human being mm-hmm. doesn't mean they're not smart they're smart enough to get away with their con is essentially what he's doing. Right, right. So it's like, and Ravenclaws, Ravenclaws do skirt a line of, like, a, they're all intelligent, for the most part, because that's how you get in, but uh, what do you do with that intelligence? Yeah. It, you can Ooh. use it for positive, good, light side things, or you can use it for your own you can use it for your own gain. That doesn't necessarily have to be evil. You could just use it for your own purposes. Right. Or you could use it for more nefarious deeds. Yeah. And Ravenclaw can kind of span the gamut of, like, good, bad, and in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, not that the other houses can't, but uh, I think Ravenclaw, you get some pretty decent examples of all of the above throughout the books. Right. Like, what is your definition of smart and knowledgeable? I mm-hmm. mean, technically, too, I mean, you could argue that his, you know, he's thirsty for knowledge, right? Like, he's going out and he's 
questioning all these wizards as how as to how they defeated things and Mm -hmm. you know i'm sure there's a huge part of him that wants to be able to do that yeah you know and he realizes that he might not be talented enough to do it right so this is his way of getting that right um so he is a, a smart guy uh he might not be able to be as practically talented mm-hmm. in a wide range of things as maybe other Ravenclaws would, like Flitwick or mm-hmm. um, others from the houses, Luna, for example. Right. But like you said, Ravenclaws have a bunch of different, um, a bunch of different traits within them, just like mm-hmm. Slytherin does. And yeah, he certainly has Slytherin traits where it seems to be more for his own ambitions. Yeah. Um, you wonder if. The sorting hat when he was being sorted had that debate of like, do I put you in Ravenclaw or do I put you in Slytherin? Right. Not really sure which one to do here. Right. And it could have deliberated for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's definitely a, an ambitious, um, cunning kind of dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, I get the questioning there. Um, you can say the negative traits of Gryffindor at least show out on into him a little bit with yeah. a little bit of the arrogance, a little bit of the bravado yeah. that he has, mm-hmm. which is why I would tag him as more of a Gryffindor than more of a Hufflepuff. I think by far he's the antithesis of what a Hufflepuff is. Hufflepuffs oh, are just fine being about themselves, not necessarily in the limelight, doing the work. He's probably jinxed a whole lot of Hufflepuffs who did work. Right. And, you know, he's taking credit for a lot of that work. Right. Right. Um, so. Maybe that's why he drives me nuts. I it's mean, a good reason to drive you nuts. Well, I mean, obviously, but like. Yeah. Because I am a Hufflepuff and I'm just like one of those people. Yeah. It's like if somebody came in and you did some phenomenal work and yeah. someone just came in, swooped in and was like, yeah, it's, it's all me. Right. would be like, I mean, not even like that. Just like. Not working for like your knowledge, like that drives me crazy. So yeah, you are um, a Hufflepuff. I am um, <laughs> through and through. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, you know, we don't get a lot of Hufflepuff moments of glory yeah. in, in these seven books. Um, so it also just makes you wonder, like, well, how many Hufflepuffs did he really screw over? Right, and like Hufflepuffs that did do really commendable, amazing right. work in their fields, whatever right. those fields might be, that he swooped in and took credit for. Right. It's probably quite a few. Oh, I'm sure. Probably quite a few. Yeah. Um, and it's just kind of an interesting thing to kind of think about. Yeah. But Lockhart's, um, he's an interesting character. Oh, he is. Um, obviously, he shows up mostly in this book and very minimally in other books. I think just the one time in Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, I think so. I think that's it. Um, I think that's it, yeah. However, but, could you imagine him, like, with his messed up memory, like, in the Battle of Hogwarts? Like, right in the middle of all of that? What's going on? <laughs> Does someone want my picture? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just goes around asking people if they want his autograph. <laughs> Um, yeah, it, he's, he's an interesting one who has kind of this, uh, I don't even know if I'd call it a story arc in this book. I mean, we can get there, but it's just like, he's a, a very much a one note kind of dude. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so it's, yeah. it's not really like he ever, some people have Quirrell, for example. He had a full arc. Oh yeah. Of like character transitions Mm -hmm. and obviously one of his big ones was the twist at the end but Mm -hmm. Lockhart doesn't really have that twist right I mean I guess he does in that he's more villainous than this bumbling idiot seems to be (laughs) uh which I guess goes to the question again that's posed Mm -hmm. like how is he a Ravenclaw it's like well he's a lot smarter than he lets on and that's part of the con right he's like I am unassuming and you don't think of me very well and then I hit you with this really strong spell mm-hmm. and takes you off guard. Yeah. I guess you could also too look at it in a way of like 
I mean, I don't think Harry would have ever gone that route, but, like, if Harry had grown up in that wizarding world doing what he had done... The wrong people in his ear kind of thing? Right. You know, it makes you think about that. I mean, I don't... I mean, I think Harry's core is not there, but... I I think it it matters uh, who you grew up with. So let's play around with that thought for a second, because otherwise this is going to be a very short spoiler section. We didn't really have a lot of (laughs) the spoiler section. We talked a lot in the non-spoiler. But um, so let's play around with that thought. Let's say Harry grows up. The events of the night of his Mm -hmm. parents' death goes differently. Right. And he still somehow avoids death. Mm Mm-hmm. But his parents survive. Or at least one of his parents survive. Let's say James yeah. survives. Right. Um, so he grows up with James as a father. Mm-hmm. Uh, but not Lily as a mother. Ooh. How does he turn out? Right. It, now, I'm not saying James is a bad person. We could, nor, Goodness, we've had enough James conversations already. I, for, I for, feel like we're about to get some serious flack. No, no, no. It's just like... <laughs> from Anna. It's just like... You know, um, to be positive about a James uh, parenting, I think yeah. he would be excellent for Harry mm-hmm. in a variety of different ways, yeah. in innumerable ways. Right. Um, but he might not be as humble mm-hmm. <laughs> as he is now. Right. Because uh, A, he would have had a more comfortable living. Mm-hmm. And B, it's, it's his dad is an outgoing personable uh trickster in his own right yeah he's younger days he's a playful guy yeah um so it's and he's young Mm -hmm. he's a young father Mm -hmm. so it's like let's not pretend harry would be the same dude he'd he'd be a different kid yeah um now there's the argument of like well what would he be if he had lily as a mother and what would he be if he didn't have lily Mm -hmm. he'd be a different kid yeah um James would be a different father, probably. Like, I don't know how James comes out of that. If he survived and Lily didn't, I don't know yeah. how that how that could change James. Ooh. That could definitely change James altogether, you know? Oh, definitely. And make him a more uh, cynical, a more a darker individual, maybe? Maybe. Just because that light in his life isn't there anymore. Right. Maybe more prone to habits and behaviors he had before Lily. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. More of his uh, mischievous natures yeah. coming out, except as an adult, which can be a lot more dangerous. Right. Yeah. With, like, a cynical, depressing yeah. twist to it. I don't know. It could be an interesting character. Yeah. Like uh, a what-if moment, if you will. Yeah. Um, so, continuing on with this, what if both parents died, but Sirius wasn't blamed for it? Sirius wasn't blamed for the death of Peter Pettigrew. And he got to live with Sirius. Ooh. How do you think Harry... Would have turned out. Yeah. No James or Lily, but right. you get Sirius in his life. Right. How does Harry Potter... I think he definitely would have been more encouraged to, you know, be more mischievous. And I think Sirius, in a way, probably may have seen him less as a son and maybe more as a best friend, replacing mm. James. I agree with that. So I wonder if some of those tendencies, I mean, obviously I don't think he'd be like a full-blown Lockhart type, but like... There'd be some, in, there. I mean, everybody has their crazy uncle. Not to say Sirius is crazy yeah. necessarily, no. but, but he's definitely a goofy <laughs> uncle that would like crack a joke. Your or, uncle, as they call it. Yes. <laughs> the fun uncle. Um, also, if Sirius is there and not blamed for that murder, mm-hmm. doesn't go away to Azkaban, I'm assuming he's got a better relationship with Lupin. Yeah. So he'd be around more. Right. And things like that. Right. So he'd have, obviously, a better support group. Yeah. From the beginning. Right. Um, lastly, what if the Weasleys adopt him? Ooh. From the beginning. From, like, one. Right. And how would Harry be? That That's an interesting turn. That's why I saved it for last. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I definitely... I almost... I wonder if he would be... Ooh, that is a very interesting turn with considering that he ends up with Ginny. Ooh. Okay. Curveball. Throw a curveball at me. It wouldn't be incest. <laughs> Ten. 
technically. <laughs> that just although like it would popped. Be, although it would be very weird. <laughs> it would be so. It would weird. be really weird. <laughs> They're not related technically. <laughs> but yes, they would have much more of a brother sister yeah. relationship. So yes. Harry might end up with Hermione then. Ooh. Ooh. Don't hate me for just even uttering that phrase because a lot of people already hate me for. Um, it's, a, it's an interesting. But Harry would thought. probably end up with Hermione at that, at that point. Yeah, or Cho. Let's. Well, that is a phrase we should never utter ever, yeah. even when that comes up later. We'll just ignore it completely. No. Um, oh. it, yeah, that would be a turn. That would be yes. Um, yeah, that would be the the Weasleys might be better off because they would then inherit a lot of that Potter wealth right um which would set them up in a different position mm-hmm. i don't know i think harry would have turned out pretty good with yeah the i think he would have skirted that line yeah better of yeah. like you're famous right and you know it right but also i think the weasleys do a very good job of knocking each other down <laughs> a couple pegs yeah because charlie's really famous i mean not maybe famous but he's well-known, mm-hmm. well-liked everywhere. Bill is successful, mm-hmm. well-liked. Percy is Percy. We've had those discussions. Yeah. We will continue to have those discussions. Yes. The twins are well-known and well-liked. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, one after the other. Right. But they all seem to just have a general, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm successful. I'm doing well. People know me. <laughs> but when I come back home... I'm just another dude. Like, I'm just another person in this family. Yeah. And no one cares. Right. No one cares that I work with dragons. No one cares that I'm breaking curses in Egypt. Right. No one cares that I'm a professional Quidditch player, which Jenny becomes. Yeah. Like, no one cares. It's right. just you're a Weasley. The jealousy factor, though, of Ron, I feel like those two definitely would have never been friends. You don't think they would have been as close? I don't know, man, because, I mean, like... I guess I see what you're saying, though, because part of their connection was Ron valued what Harry was about, Mm -hmm. and Harry valued what Ron was about. Right. And they both connected Mm -hmm. with what made each other kind of special or weak or whatever. Right. Like, no, you're not weak. You're awesome. Mm -hmm. And that's how they bonded. So if they were there from the Mm get-go and they went to school together and everybody's like, oh, that's Harry Potter. He's the famous one. And then Ron gets left to the side. Right. Yeah, that could be a problem. Yeah. More so bad. than it was. Right. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. That's interesting. I don't know. It's just an interesting whole thought yes. that I had. Yeah. Um, since you brought up, <laughs> going back to what you brought up, <laughs> if you had a different upbringing, yeah. would Harry be more like Lockhart? Right. And I would like to say, in all of the scenarios that we just mentioned, mm-hmm. I'd like to say that no, he would not be. No. I, I'm, I'm right there with you. Uh, if he had a random uh, foster family, maybe. If they choose to use his fame for their gain, mm-hmm. uh, then maybe. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, you, it's hard to break right. 11 years of conditioning. Right. So if you're brought up that way, right. sure, you right. could turn out that way. But in all of the scenarios that we went through, None of those individuals, I believe, would do that mm-hmm. because they don't care as much about that. That's not what it's about. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I hope that all made sense to everybody listening. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the two episodes that Molly's been on have been a lot of random Ooh. sidewinding tangents, but that's fine. They've been yes. good, I think. <laughs> I think they've been very entertaining. I hope you're as entertained. Good. I'm glad. Ooh, the Cornish Pixies. That could go back to your conversation about, um, you know, the sentient beings and everything. Because they're like, what? They're like making faces and dancing around and... Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't... Can they actually, like, speak? That I don't know. I'm not sure if they actually have, like, vocal language. Not to say that vocal language is the only language, because obviously it's not. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. I, that's yeah. a questionable one, too. Yeah. Um, I will say this. For those that watch the Tournament of Houses, um, 
Hannah and I had a particular issue with something that one of the participants said. Okay. And essentially it was that uh, Cornish Pixies weren't very troublesome. And Anna, when we heard this on the recording, we're both like, whoa, <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. That's just out of line. Yeah. You just, come on now. Cornish yeah. Pixies. Oh, Forced to be recognized. Have you read Chamber of Secrets? Right. Have you watched the movie? <laughs> they become quite a problem. They do. Um, although I am a fan of how easily and quickly Hermione was just like, and three of them are immobilized. <laughs> and... and we're done here now. Yeah. Yes. Um, do you think Lockhart just like snuck out of the castle later to retrieve his wand in the yard? Oh, Because he gets his wand thrown out of the classroom. <laughs> 100%. Uh, it is a little strange, though, with Lockhart taking all of this knowledge mm-hmm. from people that have been there and done that. Yeah. It's weird to be a guy that is that smart and not actually try to f- do some of the things. Right. Like, once you learn how they've done it. Right. Especially some of, the, like, the denoming things or, like, right. the household general chores. Right. Maybe not, like, how to fight a dragon or right. how to knock off this troll, but, like... Mm-hmm. something more manageable again I just made a whole big thing about how the pixies were mm-hmm. maybe more mischievous <laughs> than people <laughs> might believe Yeah. Um, or Seamus who yeah. comes out as like it's a Cornish pixie what are we talking about it's not, right. it's not a dark evil thing um, but it should be something that Lockhart should be able to handle yeah. I almost wonder though like if him taking those memories has made him just so overconfident and so like believe like he believes he can he believes he 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 believes a lie buys his own lie yeah like i almost wonder like if that's how that kind of like that spell if you do that like too many times or something like that like some kind of loophole with that like i wonder if it almost like would reverse like how well you can do magic because you're so You've, you've focused in on one yeah, thing so spectacularly. Right. You've ingrained yourself so much to think that you actually did these things that when you go to do it, you're. So to follow up on that question, taking it a different way. Yeah. Ollivander. Mm. He's focused on wand lore. Yeah. And he is an expert. An yeah. expert of experts. Mm-hmm. So do you think he can do defense against the dark arts? Do you think he can do other charms do you yeah. think he can do other types of magic or do you think he's so focused in on one specialty that's like i don't know how to do that anymore i think i'm looking at it um i mean i think Alavander is is talented in his own ways and i'm sure he has a good amount of you know knowledge in other areas and everything um i think i'm looking at it more from the perspective of you know, because we, we kind of learn that, like, magic has a different way of working, right? Like, um, in terms of, like, the protection from Harry's mother and everything. I almost wonder if some of that magic that he's used to pull from other people is backfiring a little bit in terms of his abilities. Like, that's almost his curse. Do you get what I'm saying? I do. Uh, we've... <laughs> I've likened magic in this world to the Force in Star Wars. Yes. Where it's like, the Force wills it. Right. It'll happen or it won't. Right. Magic is... I've also talked about sentient things. Right. In this episode, and it's like, magic kind of has like a little sentient kind of like, okay, I'm going to kind of manipulate this in this way or I'm going to work better because of this or I'm going to mm. not work as, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting to think about just magic as a character in its own right mm-hmm. in this book. Right. Um, that's an interesting thought. Speaking of, yeah. I have a question for you. Yeah. I'll get on my own tangent. Ooh. I'll throw a tangent at you. Yes. So I think uh, part of the magic of Hogwarts. Yeah. Um, that innate magic that Hogwarts holds um, is part of that is that the teachers who teach there get a bump. I think like they're all knowledgeable in that field. That's why they're there in the first place, Mm -hmm. obviously. Mm -hmm. It's not like they're 
know nothing about like McGonagall knows nothing about Transfiguration, but now she's the you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's not what I'm saying. They obviously know their stuff, but when they teach there, I feel like Hogwarts gives you a little bump, and you now become like you were good. Now you're great. You're okay. great. Now you're excellent. You're mm-hmm. excellent. Now you're an expert. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It gives yeah. you like a little Boost. a bump up, like. Yeah. A little bit more magical knowledge mm-hmm. or expertise. I don't, that's just how I feel. Yeah. Because so many at Hogwarts are really talented. Right. Um, and it seems like Lockhart might be the one that doesn't ever get that boost. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right, right. Um, like, I don't know. I, I, I don't remember because I... I, it's been a hot minute, but... Um, do they? How did he even wind up at Hogwarts? Do they even say? Like, why? Like, why did Dumbledore recruit him? Yeah. Um, I think Dumbledore's aware at this point that it's a one-year gig anyway. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, I kind of hope in my head canon <laughs> that it's like this bum is writing more books than me. Yeah. I'm gonna knock him down. A <laughs> like. Let's, okay. let's put him in this cursed position, <laughs> which also might be part mm. of the reason that that latent magic doesn't give him a bump is that the position itself is cursed. Ooh. So that could be why that doesn't happen. It's an interesting take. Um, that's a thought. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, obviously all of the defense against the dark arts teachers don't have great runs mm-hmm. because of that curse. Yeah. Um, and Lupin's a talented guy. Quirrell's a talented guy. Uh, Barty Crouch Jr., talented guy. Can't wait to talk about his character. It's a yes. fascinating character. Yeah. Um, but uh, Umbridge, not so talented. But, that you know, whatever. <laughs> so, well, Snape is a very talented guy. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, you just wonder, like, who gets that bump and who doesn't. And right. if the Defense Against the Dark Arts teachers are just removed from it yeah. because right. of that curse. Yeah. But Snape... Yeah, I don't know. Because, like, I don't know. I just feel like even though they're really good at everything, mm-hmm. like, McGonagall's perfect at Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. Snape is perfect at, at potions. potions. Like, everything they do is perfection. Yeah. No one's perfect all the time. Yeah, I see So do you get that, now. like, little, like, yeah. Hogwarts teacher boost of, like... You're perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You were really, really good at what you do. Well, now you're mm-hmm. darn near perfection at it. Mm-hmm. Just a little, like, boost up. Yeah. I don't know. Just a thought I've had. Yeah. And since we're talking about the the magic and this right. whole thing. And Hogwarts has its innate magic and it, it wills whatever yeah. it wants to will in and around Hogwarts. And you can manipulate it and you can't manipulate it sometimes. Right. So No, it's definitely an interesting take. And we should leave on that. We should. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed uh, this conversation and all of our rambles and tangents. Um, let us know what you think. Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for listening to Hogwarts, a podcast. If you like what you've heard, please click the subscribe button on your preferred podcasting app and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Hogwarts Apollo.